From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Pancreatic cancer is in the news with the announcement by longtime Jeopardy host Alex Trebek that he was diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Here in the HealthLink on Air studio with me to talk about pancreatic cancer is Upstate Surgical Oncologist Dr. Michelle Dehir. Well, thank you for being here. So what struck me about Alex Trebek's announcement is that he looked so healthy when he made it. Is that typical of someone with a diagnosis like his? Do they look healthy? Yes, many patients uh, who have advanced pancreatic cancer uh, can look healthy as the symptoms don't occur until the disease is quite progressed. Okay. So it's not unusual, but a lot of patients do have symptoms as well at the time of presentation. So let's talk about the outlook for someone with a diagnosis of stage 4 pancreatic cancer. What does stage 4 mean? Stage 4 typically means that uh, the cancer has spread to other organs outside the pancreas, most commonly liver, the lining of the intestine called peritoneum, uh, or lungs, or other, other parts of the body. And I'm assuming there's, are there four stages? Yes, so there are four stages, you know, one through four, and four is the most advanced stage. Okay. Now, the, this cancer, pancreatic cancer, apparently strikes about 55,000 people a year in the United States, accounting for 3% of all cancers, but 7% of all cancer deaths. So it's, it's got some pretty bad statistics. Yes, it is an aggressive cancer. But uh, there are options um, which can help patients. But in general, you know, at, at Upstate, uh, we understand it as a aggressive disease and we treat it as such. And it can be treated, and we're definitely going to talk about that. But let's start with um, just some basics on what, what is the pancreas? What does it do for us in our bodies? Pancreas um, is, is a, in simple words, a digestive organ. It makes juices which help break down food, um, it has two functions. One, like I said, uh, breakdown of food, especially fatty foods and some proteins. And the second function is what we say the endocrine function, where it pertains to control of blood sugars and um, so forth. So it helps control blood sugars and it helps digest the food. And it's, it's essential. We, it, we all have it and we all need a pancreas, right? Yes, yes. But it is it is life without pancreas is possible in in today's day day and age, but everybody has the pancreas. So if you have a cancer in the pancreas, um, what does it do to the organ? Does it, does it prevent it from making those digestive juices and things or, or is it an obstruction or what does it do? When we talk about pancreas cancer, most commonly, we talk about the adenocarcinoma, which is the garden variety pancreas cancer. And it, uh, as an organ, pancreas has a lot of cells, and it has a main duct, which delivers those juices to the intestine. So most of these pancreas cancer arise within the duct of the pancreas. And when they arise in that duct, they sort of cause blockage of that duct which over a period of time can cause the organ to shrink and, um, and that can in, in a way cause pain as well as new onset diabetes and, and, and so forth. Do we know what causes cancer to develop there in the pancreas? 
for most of my patients you know it is it is what we say bad luck but mm-hmm. there are some some uh, risk factors such as smoking history of pancreatitis um obesity is one of the risk factors new onset diabetes after the age of uh, 50 but uh there is no unique risk factors someone who has significant family history can also be at risk especially if they have breast and ovarian cancers because they can be linked to certain uh, genetic syndromes but in general there is no specific risk factor um that we have identified for pancreas cancers and over half of the patients may not have an identifiable risk factor so i heard you mention um pancreatitis and diabetes those are um diseases that a lot of people have yes is there anything people with those diseases can do to reduce their risk of pan- of pancreatic cancer not uh, typically uh, but uh, we we have a comprehensive uh, program for benign diseases of the pancreas as well if somebody has sequela of pancreatitis we recommend that they undergo long term follow up especially if they have a condition called chronic pancreatitis because that means ongoing damage to the pancreas in those patients so we recommend long term follow up for those patients not everybody with diabetes is at risk for pancreas cancer and uh but but in in some unusual situations if there's a late onset diabetes without previous known risk factors those are the patients uh, who need to be looked at more carefully as to what may be bringing on um, this diabetes if they don't have any other risk factors for it And so by following up closely you would be on top of it if if something starts developing especially in patients with pancreatitis because in those patients typically we do CT scans periodically um for the long term follow up for the diabetes it's not as clear how uh, how you could identify a uh, pancreas cancer if it was to uh, develop but if there's a unusual situation where a patient has no risk factors and they just present with diabetes um and they're of over 50 years of age in that case a physician could think could this be linked to a pancreas mass or or pancreas cancer and could order additional scans but there is no standard protocol at this point This is Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host Amber Smith, and I'm talking with pancreatic cancer surgeon Dr. Michelle Dehier uh, about pancreatic cancer. So I want to ask you about screening tests for pancreatic cancer. Is there any way to screen for the disease? In general, um, we don't have standard screening for pancreatic cancer as we have for breast cancer and colon cancer, but at Upstate we have a familial pancreatic cancer pathway where we look at if somebody has risk factors which includes two or more first degree relatives or if they have a known genetic syndrome and so forth and and if they meet all the criteria then we enter them into our screening protocol uh, but this is only a small subset of patients who are deemed high risk for pancreatic cancer but don't yet have the disease Uh what does the screening consist of is it a is it a blood test in ge- in general we start with the MRI 
to get a good picture of the pancreas and then we decide based on that some patients may need additional tests like an endoscopic ultrasound where a gastroenterologist puts an ultrasound right on the pancreas through the stomach and so forth so but in general we start with a MRI of the pancreas as a as a baseline examination in these patients how do most people discover that they have pancreatic cancer are there signs or symptoms that they become aware of? Uh, yes, um, but unfortunately, um, many times the, the signs and symptoms don't occur until the disease is advanced. But um, one of the early signs can be development of jaundice, especially if uh, the tumor is located in the head of the pancreas. Um, jaundice usually means just yellowing of your skin and dark coloration of your urine. Um, because it blocks one of the liver ducts which goes through the head of the pancreas. Other symptoms are fairly nonspecific, such as pain. It can be belly pain or back pain, loss of appetite, unexplained weight loss, um, and, and, and so forth. So there are no specific symptoms, but jaundice is something which can bring some tumors located in the head of the pancreas to early um, detection. And some of the patients get scans for something else and may have a spot detected on their pancreas. So that's that's another way we sometimes see patients with early pancreatic cancer. So they go for something else and they are found to have a, have a mass on their pancreas. Wow. Well, let's talk uh, about treatment. Um, when it, If it's advanced, usually when it's discovered, is there anything that you can do surgically if someone has advanced pancreatic cancer? Yeah, advanced can can mean that it has spread to other organs, or it could mean uh, that it's it's just located within the pancreas, but uh, it's involving the essential blood vessels, and uh, surgery is not an option yet. So it all depends on the stage. So first thing is to have appropriate staging, which usually includes a good quality CT scan of the chest, abdomen, and pelvis to see how this tumor is located, where is where it's located, and how it's related to the blood vessels surrounding the pancreas. And once we have the appropriate staging, then we make a treatment plan in our multidisciplinary team. And the, the treatment typically uh, includes three things surgery if the patient is a candidate. It could be upfront or it could be after a period of chemotherapy upfront where surgery is sandwiched between chemotherapy. So and the okay. other uh, option is radiation. So typically uh, for advanced cancer, surgery is not an option. Spe- if it has spread to other organs, then surgery uh, is usually not an option for those patients. But if it's confined to the confined organ. Confined to pancreas, then as a surgeon, we think of it in, as, as three stages. One is resectable. That means you know, it can be removed. And uh, you know, in those cases, surgery can be performed upfront. And as, even in those cases, patients may receive chemotherapy upfront and then 
get surgery afterwards. The second is borderline resectable. That means we could resect, but it's an involved surgery and uh, giving chemotherapy upfront may lead to shrinkage of this tumor and make the surgery more effective. And patients may need some additional chemotherapy at the back end as well, with or without radiation. And sometimes radiation is also uh, given before surgery. And the third is locally advanced, unresectable. This is also considered an advanced pancreas cancer, but just it hasn't spread to other organs, but it's involving some of the essential blood vessels, which cannot be removed. So in that case, we start with chemotherapy, patients may need radiation, and a small subset may become candidates for surgery. When you say um, resectable, do you, it, are you taking out just the part of the, where the cancer is contained, or do you remove the whole organ? Typically, if we remove the part of the organ where the cancer is, uh, is, is contained, and the goal of surgery is to achieve negative margins and remove some of the lymph nodes which live in the vicinity. But in a subset of patients, the cancer may be involving the pancreas as such that they may, rem- they may need complete removal of the organ, which is, which is also possible to do surgically. Um, but vast majority of the times, we just remove the part of, part of the organ which is involved by the cancer, as long as we are able to achieve negative margins. And then the part of the organ that's left behind still functions? It still Which... functions. It uh, uh, okay. depends on how healthy it is. And uh, patients may need some support to maintain their blood sugars and to help digest the food after the surgery. Uh, as I prepared for this interview, I, I looked and uh, was a little surprised to find thousands of clinical trials set up dealing with pancreatic cancer, and I didn't look into exactly what they were um, testing, but I wanted to ask you, are there new treatments on the horizon or new ways of doing things for people with pancreatic cancer? No, absolutely. Um, and each of these treatment options, such as surgery, uh, radiation, therapy and chemotherapy are evolving. Radiation is more effective these days. It can be customized to the organ and there are short-term and long-term protocols which are being studied. And so for chemotherapy as well, we have more effective chemotherapy now that we had 10 years ago. And more and more chemotherapy options are being explored. And immunotherapy's role is also being explored for pancreas cancer. And a small subset of patients may be candidates for immunotherapy as well. So I think uh, it's being increasingly recognized that it's a challenging disease and we need to do more to overcome this. Well, that's very hopeful that it sounds like there is a lot being done or looked at. So Correct. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the information. My guest has been a pancreatic cancer surgeon, Dr. Michelle Dahir. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.